awesome. What a great morning, huh? Getting to glorify God this morning as we were praying. Uh, the team up here, those who are involved, we're praying at 9 o'clock or something around there. We're just saying, God, we want you to have your way. We got some plans. We got some time markers. But, uh, Lord, uh, would you just take it? And it's clear that he has. Amen? The testimonies you're sharing, wow. Thank you so much for sharing. That's so edifying to me, I'm sure, to one another. And uh, it's just amazing, the time we get in worship. So I'm actually going to try, try to do a little tiny exhortation of a message. Is that okay? Because we want to get back to worship, actually. That's actually the reason why. We spent more time. We're going to be wrapping it up in just a moment. We've had some awesome testimonies. But I just wanted to give a real short version of a message I entitled, Making God Famous. Um, I just want to make mention that last weekend, Crystal and I had the opportunity to do some ministry down in Ithaca. I think there's a picture that will pop up. And the real short version of this little testimony is, as we were out just praying for people and sharing Jesus stories, um, I interacted with, uh, Crystal and I got to interact with a grad student at Cornell. Um, and at first, he's a little put off because I'm like, hey, we're just praying. Anyway, we could pray for you. He's like, what are you doing? Like, who are you are? What's your angle? I'm like, we just love Jesus. Like, we're just out here trying to care for people. And it was so neat to see his heart change very quickly. He doesn't believe in God. He doesn't follow Jesus. But he's like, you're out here with no motivation just to love on people? Yeah, just like Jesus, or the best we can by his help. He's like, you know what? He's like, there should be more people like you out here. And I was like, he's like, you know what would be even better? This was last weekend. He's like, if you came back next weekend when all the undergrad come, he's like, I feel like I'm doing okay, but a lot of undergraduates are very stressed, right, transitioning into freshman year. He's like, you should come back and pray next weekend because he's like, I think a lot of people could really use prayer. Isn't that awesome? This is a non-believer encouraging Christians to get out and pray for non-Christians. Come on, God works through anyone. So I just want to share that because we live in a college town, amen? And do you know that most of the college students will not be in church here on Sunday? Right? That means somebody's got to go out and pray for these undergraduates who are transitioning with stress and anxiety. And I believe that God wants to use us. Amen? You're like, ooh, I don't like how you turned that. I saw what you did there. <laughs> but seriously, there's a great opportunity. We will have college students here. Yes, let's love on them. But also, if we're on campus or going around, let's look for opportunities. Quick testimony. Here's the message. Making God famous. A verse I was been reflecting on last week, and I'm going to fly through this so we can get the praise, is Habakkuk 2.14. This is God talking back to Habakkuk, and he's giving almost like his dream. Like, what's God's dream? You guys have dreams? What's God's dreams? Habakkuk 2.14 says this. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Last week I was asked this question, how much of the water covers the sea? Anybody want to try to guess what percentage? 99.9? Yeah, 75. I said 75. Turned out, I guess, it's 100. Water on sea. <laughs> or some say, the, yeah, I thought it was the earth. I was like, oh, water on the sea. The idea there's going to be a fullness expression of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And we're just expressing that this morning with testimonies. Uh, if anything, this message real quick is keep going. Keep sharing these testimonies with each other and people outside of these walls. Amen? And also bring the word of God. There's so much power in you sharing your testimony, even the ones you shared this morning. But also, if there's scriptures that God's really put on your heart, we were doing that at Ithaca last week. We are just sharing some stories with folks on the street. I tell you what, God's word has power and it's active. Why do we want to go? 
share stories or share our testimonies or live our life in a way that glorifies God? Well, so we can glorify God. I mean, Laurel said it. Your whole motto is to glorify God. Revelations 4.11 says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you. Are you seeing this verse? Created all things. Why are we giving all glory to God? Because he is the creator, amen? And we're the creation. So it's actually what we're designed to do. God doesn't actually need our glory, which is very interesting, because he had all the glory he needed before he created us, amen? We just get the opportunity to recognize that and give back the glory he already has. But we can live in a way where we just live for ourselves. Two quick examples. I was really wrapping this up shortly, Lord willing, of, uh, of two different people, Old Testament, New Testament, who decided to choose the glory of God over, one was fame and being promoted, and the other one was avoiding pain. <laughs> Real quick, Numbers 14, 11 to 16. Context for this, uh, this is the Old Testament. This is the Israelites are in the wilderness. They have a promised land that God said they're going to, and God's like, I'm taking you there. But when they sent 12 spies out, you might remember that uh, the report from 10 of them was like, yeah, the land is awesome, the land is cool, but there's giants, we're gonna die, remember that? <laughs> it's bad, but two of them, Joshua and Caleb are like, it is a hard land, not a hard land, great land with difficulties, but if God's gonna give it to us, let's go. Well, the people, they're not excited. They actually say, let's go back to Egypt and slavery. It would be better to go backwards to something more familiar than die going forward, so they thought on their own. They get so upset that they take Moses, the leader, and Aaron, like the co-leader, and Joshua and Caleb, they're picking up stones, like literally like physical stones, and they're like, we're going to start stoning these people because we want new leadership. This is where they're at right now. So I would say for Moses, this is not a great leadership moment, right? <laughs> I'm following God. Everyone wants to kill me. Okay. So they're about to die, picking up the stones, but then it says that the glory of the Lord fell on the tent of meeting. And that whole death sentence that they're about to do, the leaders, stop. And then God shows up on the scene and speaks literally to Moses, and this is what he says in Numbers 14, 11 to 16. And the Lord said to Moses, remember the context, how long will these people despise me, and how long will they not believe in me, in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? You might remember the plagues in Egypt, right? Feeding them in the wilderness, getting through the rest. There's a lot of miracles. How quickly can we forget miracles? In spite of all the signs that I've done among them, I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make you, he's talking to Moses. Man, here's an invitation from God himself. He's like, I will make you, Moses, a nation greater and mightier than they. So essentially God's like, I'm going to wipe them all out and you are going to become great. What would you in that situation? Like, oh yeah, Lord, you know it was about time to get what they're due, right? I've just been that humble Moses. I even wrote in the Torah that I was humble. So it's me, Lord, you know it's me. Surprisingly, he does not take that. What he says is, look, up, look at the response of Moses. But Moses says to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear of it, for you brought up this people and your might from among them, and they will tell the inhabitants of this land, they have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people. God would actually be in the midst of the people. For you, O Lord, are seen face to face, and your cloud stands over them, and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you kill these people as one man, then the nations who have heard your fame, right, will say it is because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land, and he swore to give them that he has killed them in the wilderness. And then the next verse we don't have up here, but it says, the Lord heard Moses and then pardoned the people. 
Is that not amazing? So Moses was given an option, and the people were rebelling against Moses. These were not easy people. Like, yeah, Moses, get rid of them. Yeah, God, I've been kind of praying that myself, right? No. Instead, he intercedes. He stands in the gap for the, literally the people that had stones in their hands, about to take Moses out and, and also Aaron, and instead he intercedes. Is that not amazing? He was more concerned about making God famous, giving glory to God, than he was about receiving glory for himself. We can be tempted, though, to want to take the glory, right? Lord, if I get this job, I can make it all about me, right? Oh, wait, no, I want to, I want to glorify you in that job, not just live for me. One other quick example is Jesus. Jesus, so that's, that's like Moses' example of someone getting offered a whole lot and choosing to glorify God over himself. Then Jesus is in a really difficult spot, but he chooses to glorify the Father instead of getting out of pain, difficulty, and comfort. I was talking with this guy named Jim Thurber. He's been to like 69 countries, and he's been all around the world. He's like, one, one of the two big things that keep people from glorifying, Christians glorifying God, one is money, possessions, and the other one's pain, discomfort. But here we see Jesus, who's literally in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's talking to his heavenly Father, and he knows that the cross is ahead of him. And this is what Jesus says. Jesus, uh, John 12, 27 to 28. Um, he says, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. And he's talking about what he's going to have to do, going to the cross. He's in a difficult space, and you might be able to relate to this today or this week. You're in a hard space, right? But maybe the Lord wants you to lean in even more. It, Jesus says, but for this purpose, I have come to this hour. So Jesus is saying, things are difficult. You see the humanity in God all in one. These things are difficult. They are challenging. My soul is troubled. Should you save me from this hour? Should I just not go to the cross and die for the sins of all humanity? But Jesus, we see, is more concerned about glorifying the heavenly Father by fulfilling the will of the Father than he was his own comfort. Amen? How many times does comfort keep me, maybe you, from fulfilling what God wants? Right? Because it's uncomfortable. A lot of times we can be more concerned about our reputation than the reputation of God. And we see around the world, in this country, there are those who are willing to lose their reputation in order to make God famous. Some are even willing to lose their lives to make God famous. Jesus was willing to live for God, which I think we're, we're excited about that, but he was also willing to die. We don't no, normally talk about that, right? Uh, Lord, I want to glorify you in my life, but God, I want to glorify you in my death, right? A lot of times we just want to pray any scripture that keeps us comfortable and alive as long as possible. <laughs> Versus Jesus is like, I know I'm not going to be able to live that much longer, but I want to glorify you in the way I die. I was talking to a buddy of mine, Jared Remington. I didn't know this man personally, but a lot of people seem to do up here. A guy named DJ Colbert, right? Just went to the Lord recently. A lot of you know him. I never met him, but I'm just hearing stories. I'm like, Jared, tell me about him. Everybody's talking about him. And he's like, Jim, he's like, DJ loved the Lord so much. If you know him, you already know this, but it was encouragement to me. He's just like, if the Lord keeps me alive, I want to glorify God. But if he takes me home and I have to die, I want to glorify God in that as well. I thought, wow, if that doesn't sound like Jesus, amen. If I'm alive, I'm going to glorify him. But Lord, is this time with cancer or whatever? God, I don't want to die that way. Lord, if I get hit by a car, Lord, I, I want to glorify you in whatever you have for me. God, if I preach the gospel and people throw me in prison, what, God, I just want to glorify you, God. I have, one, I have one agenda. I have one motive. Uh, it's to glorify God. 
and make him famous wherever I am. I'm going to invite up the musicians at this time. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything. We seen that together, right? Not just church on Sunday, but do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And very similar, Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the what? Glory of God. Whatever you're eating, I mean, these are basic things, eating or drinking. Essentially, whatever you're doing, do it all for the glory of God. As you're about to head out of the service soon, maybe some of you are going to lunch, maybe you're having lunch at home, do it for the glory of God, right? If you're serving your family, do it for the glory of God. As you're working, don't work for your boss, do it for the glory of God. God, I want to shine bright here. I want to reflect glory to you. I want to, I want to recognize with the angels that you're glorious and you're beautiful. I want to declare that you are holy by the way that I live and the motivation of my heart and what I say. Because sometimes we can do the right things with the wrong motivation. We're more concerned about building our fame than Jesus. Just because we do the right thing doesn't mean we're trying to glorify God. It can actually be, I hope people look at me. So this is a wrap-up before we got this song. Habakkuk, the opening, kind of God's dream, vision. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. Let us make God's vision and dream our daily mission. Amen? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you love us so much that you died for us. God, thank you that you did uncomfortable things. God, you took death and death on the cross because you wanted to honor the Father's will. God, would we likewise seek to glorify you in our life and in our death? Lord, I do pray that we could live long, but Lord, if you're calling us home sooner than later, God, I pray that we would glorify you in what we say, what we do, what we think, our very heart, God. May we love you with everything we are. In Jesus' name, amen.